You're listening to the Alliant M&A Roundtable, providing insights and expertise on the unique risk management needs associated with private equity firms. Here is your host, Jonathan Gilbert. Thanks, everyone, for joining another M&A series podcast. What we wanted to do is share a little bit of what we're seeing in the property and casualty, management liability, and cyber insurance marketplace as it relates to private equity-owned companies. Alliant M&A has a large presence in the private equity community and has a finger on the pulse of what's going on in the market. We thought that we'd share that all with you. To start with, we're going to turn to Bobby Horn, who's the leader of our cyber practice at Alliant and works on a lot of private equity-owned companies just to understand a little bit about what's going on in the cyber world. Certainly you can't open a newspaper or turn on the news without some mention of cyber, a cyber attack, a cyber incident, or even in some cases, you know, how that's affected the insurance market. So Bobby, just one, if you can give us a quick overview on the current state of the market, what private equity owned companies are experiencing, you know, different from last quarter or last year, that would be great. Yeah, thanks John, and thanks for having me on. Yeah, as you mentioned, right? I mean, it's it's certainly uh, everywhere in the news, whether it's larger manufacturers, retailers, meat distributors, oil and gas industries. We had Colonial Pipeline was one of the big ones earlier this year. And then just yesterday, right, T-Mobile just came through that they had a large breach of their network. So certainly we're seeing it with all industry classes. No one has been immune to the, the kind of uh, issues in the cyber marketplace. And as a result of all of these claims, all these, these breaches, the market has really firmed up a lot over the last 12 months. I think we started to see that change in the second half of 2020, and then really took off in December of 2020, and then certainly in the beginning of this year through through the current market right now. And there's been a real focus on controls, right? So while there was always an application process involved in, in getting quotes for cyber, it was pretty much just check the box. The underwriters reviewed it and offered quotes and limits and very competitive retentions, premiums, and, and very broad coverage. What we're seeing now is a hyper-focus on, on those cybersecurity controls. So things like multi-factor authentication, uses of backups and endpoint detection response tools. Um, those are really key controls that underwriters are looking at these days. That without them, very hard to get terms, not even for new business, but also for renewals. We're seeing, we're seeing carriers outright non-renew clients that don't have things like multi-factor authentication in place. Probably the biggest hurdle we've had this, this year, making sure that they're aware of what carriers are looking for from a control standpoint, and also just, hey, look, we're seeing large increases, not only in premium, but retentions and, and the waiting period element, which is you know an extension of the, the business interruption side. So it, it's been in certainly the, the hardest market that this product has seen in probably 20 years of, of being around. And I, I don't see that changing through the end of the year. If anything, we're probably going to experience even more difficulties just as carriers pull back on capacity, and in some cases, just not running new business at all. We're seeing some carriers mostly in the London market, pretty much our pencils down at this point, because of the increases they're getting on the renewal book, they uh, have met their capital requirements for, for new business. So they don't have to write any new business anymore, which is very difficult at the end of the year, right? When you've got you know, a lot of new business still coming in and you have renewal programs with, with big limits, it's going to be a challenge to get some of our, our clients the coverage that they have or they, they need going forward. You know, as, you, as we talk to private equity firms and, and sort of help them prepare their portfolio companies for you know, upcoming renewals or frankly, just managing cyber risk, you know, what do we recommend they do from a you know, risk control standpoint, use sort of an insurance firm to make sure that they're in the best spot? Is it diagnostic review and corrective action? What would you 
sort of say to, to our privacy clients as you do every day? Yeah, so exactly that, right? It's a diagnostic of, of your controls right now. And we partner with several firms and vendors that you know, John, to work with our portfolio clients to make sure that they have these controls in place, at least by renewal. And if not by renewal, sometime close to that. You know, we actually put together a best practices uh, worksheet for our clients that, sh- that shows kind of the baseline controls that they need to have in place and then things are a little bit better and then obviously the best practices. So we've been sharing that with our with our portfolio clients so that they're aware of what the underwriters are looking for from a control standpoint. And we've seen that those clients that are able to implement those controls are the beneficiary of better terms and conditions. That's not to say they're not you know getting them decreases on their premiums, but at least they're on the lower end of the increase that we're seeing compared to those clients that don't have those controls in place. So uh, really making sure that they're we're getting ahead of it and making sure that they understand exactly what they need to have in place. And that makes a lot of sense. You know, just touching on rate, as you just did, what do you see as the average sort of increase for companies in, in the third quarter that we're in right now? Yeah, we actually just released or in the process of releasing our mid-year review. On average, we're seeing 50 to 60% increases in premium for, for our clients. And that's obviously on the low end. You know, our healthcare clients, we're seeing anywhere between 100 and 150% increases in premium. Somewhere in the middle, I think, is what we can probably expect for the end of the year. And again, it's going to come down to those controls. If you have good controls in place, you'll be on the lower end of that spectrum. And then the other thing to take into consideration are the increases in retention. Certainly, carriers want to see clients have more skin in the game. So the, you know, the days of a $5 million limit with a 25K retention are, are gone, right? We're, they're seeing minimum 50 to 100K retentions for those $5 million limits. And also important to point out too, right, we're not seeing too many carriers willing to keep putting up $10 million limits unless we're talking about you know, large national type accounts. But for our small, you know, middle market, sub-billion revenue companies, $5 million is pretty much the, the cap from a limits perspective. In terms of claims experience, and I know you and I have had a number of portfolio companies that have been affected with uh, cyber incidents, whether it's a nefarious third party attacking the system or, or something else, you know, what have you seen in terms of losses? To me, it seems as though costs continue to escalate and exceed in some cases, the limits that are in place are the policies. I think it's catching everyone a little bit by surprise. What's your sort of thought there? Yeah, and it varies with each client, right? So we, we've had clients where they had a you know a large ransomware demand that the decision between the, the private equity sponsor and the portfolio company was to not pay it, right? It was just not in their in their interest to pay that demand, and so they decided to to rebuild from backups. And in that case, you know they didn't have a sufficient limit. Just, it was a decision that was made at the, you know when we banned the renewal that they wanted to go with this a lower limit. And unfortunately, even without paying the extortion demand, the business interruption loss exceeded the aggregate limit that they had in the policy. And that's what we're seeing a lot of, right? I think people tend to forget when they think of ransomware, they think of just the extortion payment. But more often than not, the, the loss on the business interruption side exceeds the actual extortion payment demand. And that's something that we need to take in consideration with our clients and say, you know, when we're going through the, the that process of binding coverage, if you were down for two weeks, what kind of loss would that be for you from a business income standpoint? And make sure they understand that if you do decide to not pay demand, you know, how long can you be out and what what is that financial impact going to be uh, to your company? That's great, Bobby. I think just to kind of sum up, you know, really, I think the key is for private equity firms to take an interest in the cyber insurance renewal at the portfolio company because there will be changes and there will be a cost increase. So, you know, start early and embrace for impact because the increase is happening and there's a lot of things that need to be addressed, you know, well in advance of the renewal, particularly any deficiencies in controls, any education matters, things like that. So thanks, Bobby. Appreciate your time. 
Well, thank you all for listening today. We appreciate you taking the time to listen to Align M&A, a quarterly update on the state of the market. We work with private equity firms nationwide and hundreds of portfolio companies. Uh, we're a team over 50 people nationwide and continue to be a leader in the private equity community. So we appreciate you, you taking time to listen to uh, what we see is going on in the marketplace.